I'm Gabby's Jules. Cloudy skies over West London, um, but blue skies over uh, Manchester, Manchester City. Blue. Champions on Saturday. We're going to get into that. We'll also be getting into a little bit later. Uh, awful events in Spain with uh, Vinicius Jr. Yeah. and uh, the racism as well as Bayern's implosion Ooh. in Bundesliga. But let's start with the champions. We all saw right it down. coming. Yeah. It came a day early. Um, they be, ended up beating Chelsea 1-0. I think he changed as many players as he possibly could yeah, have in yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah. Um, and they still won, which what that says about Chelsea, I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I don't know how much more there is to say about this Manchester City team, but I did think of a few things that I would mm -hmm. like to say. Um, number one, I think Pep Guardiola is a genius. Um, and... But you didn't have to I, wait for this season. You knew that before, right? No, but I think, again, we have to give credit for the way his football's evolved over the years. Yeah. Um, for the fact that, you know, I mean, I've said this before, and people should look at numbers. I know there's a Premier League investigation into financial mismanagement and, and, and misstating statements, right? That yeah. is... that. that. See, that is cheating. And obviously, have been punished before. And nobody here is stupid. And everybody knows that without Abu Dhabi and the inflated sponsorships, whether they're legal or not, yeah, they would not have gotten to this position. Yeah. However, in the here and now, if you look at Manchester City's resources, if you look at how much they spend on wages, if you look at how much they spend on transfers, they are squarely in the middle of Europe's 10 biggest spenders. I think for wage bill this season, I think they're they're, they're sixth. Yeah. Um, they broke even in the transfer window last yeah, the summer. Yeah, net profit is looking good. So but they spend a lot still. They've spent a lot, but they haven't spent significantly more than Paris Saint-Germain or no? Real Madrid or, or Manchester United, United or Chelsea yeah. now. With So the reality is, yes, they have a ton of resources. So do the other big European clubs. And yet they've been so dominant, frankly, because they're smarter. And I just want to mention yeah. two quick things about that. One is, um, well, one is Guardiola puts the collective first, right? When, when we have a debate, who is the player of the season at Manchester City, you're going to get five different answers. Not this season, no. Oh, really? Who is it? Erling Haaland this okay. season. Okay, and I'll tell you why it's not, most definitely not Erling Haaland. Manchester City this season will end up with roughly the same number of points at they got last season. This season, Erling Holland scored 36 goals in the Premier League. Last season, the center forward who played in the last season was a man named Gabriel Jesus, scored eight goals. So what this to me tells me is that Guardiola can do it both ways. Erling Holland is, is Manchester City's best player this season, without that. He's, he's the Premier League best player, and he's the he, and he is. And he's going to be voted Premier League best player. Okay, I don't really care about people. It doesn't vote. matter. He's Manchester City's best player. There's I, no. There's I, no, there's I, no I don't. I don't think so. I think. Uh, I, I think you could easily. I, I don't think. I think there's other players in the team that if you take out of the team, they would suffer more than if Holland was out of the team. But that, that's my view. Consistent. Right, we can debate that. But you agree that it is about the collective. Yeah, but the has collective has been, been collective. But what I love about this season is that it's not a perfect season by far, in terms of consistency. They started slowly. They've, they've won 12 in a row now in the Premier League. They finished very, very strongly. They are the best team. They're the best team. They're the best squad. They have the best manager, maybe the best of all time. And, but but it's that he, needed to find, he needed time to find the right formula, which he did eventually once he let go Joao Cancelo, which a lot of people, including you, Gabby, were not happy with. And just making those 
changes, choices at the right time made them champions and maybe made them the best team that we've ever seen in English football history. All right. I, I think you're playing this down a little bit. The, the ability to go and change on the fly during a season and the courage to do that. This is something that a lot of managers don't do. We always talk about managers and my philosophy this, my system that, and blah, blah, blah. This is a guy who changes his system every two, three years. His football changes. Mm. I can think of very few managers who do that. Most yeah, managers say, this is my idea. I'm gonna, I'll make little tweaks here and there, but I'm going to stick with this. No, but nobody, no, nobody else does. Not even Cruyff, who is his mentor. I, was changing like that. In fact, Cruyff was the opposite of yeah. it, right? The Cruyff, dogmatism. But, but we, we usually associate great, the greatest managers of all time with being quite dogmatic in the sense that this yeah. is the way from Arrigo Saki to Johan Cruyff to Jürgen Klopp to you know, right. all of that. He, he is the exception, I think, that in a way confirms the rules, but also shows you why he's different, I think, than all the others. That's why I agree with you. I think what he's done with this team, that evolution this season is incredible. I want to go back to a point that I made, because as you know, I'm one of those kind of sticklers that always argues about not giving longer contracts to players as they hit 30 and how it's always smart to, you know, let somebody go a year early rather than keeping them a year too, too long and yeah. so on. And I just want to remind people of this. I think it's, it's flown a little bit under the radar. Last summer, Manchester City let three people who had been really big contributors, you know, they were in the climb, whatever, but they've been really big contributors go, right? Yeah. Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, and Alexander Zinchenko. Yeah. In two of those cases, these guys effectively went. They had a year left on their contract, and they left because City didn't want to lose them on a free, and they weren't going to give them a big long-term contract. Yeah. They showed fiscal discipline. The fiscal discipline that supposedly those people just depend them as depict them as like crazy free spending zillionaires often don't see. They replaced those three guys with three other guys. Calvin Phillips, who's been injured much of the season, has been not good when he played, even though he hit the post yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and you can say that was a dud. They spent a lot of money on him. Fifty million. Maybe he'll be good next year. I don't know. Um, Holland cost $60 million, yep. and Manuel Akanji cost under $20 million, yeah, right? 18, 18. In the end, they netted out in transfer spending. Um, now, okay, Holland, we know that there's also, obviously they paid a mega commission and so on. Everything's murky because that's how football goes. But we know the transfer fee was $60 million. Other clubs could have gone and spent that transfer fee. He chose Manchester City, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That is also a testament to a club doing very good work. Yeah. But the one though who impressed me the most is Manuel Akanji. <laughs> Manuel Akanji, 27 years old. Yeah. When he was 18 or 19 in Switzerland, the next we saw, big thing. oh, he could be the next big yeah, thing. Yeah. But by the way, when we say next big thing, we don't think he's going to become Baresi or Beckenbauer. No, but we thought he can be yeah, a real yeah. He looked very promising. Yeah. He could be a promising yeah, yeah. player who could develop into a big club. Yeah, yeah. Goes to Borussia Dortmund, has injuries, has ups and downs. Talk about an under-the-radar signing, right? Completely. He turns into an absolute hit this year. Yeah. And when I go back to many of these signings that they've made over the years, how many of these guys arrived as superstars? Was Rodri a superstar when he got here? Was nope. Ruben Diaz a superstar when he got here? Nope. He's a very expensive player with a year. No, but he was, starter, yeah, right? he was very promising. Um, but, but let's go. Was, was Bernardo Silva a superstar when he arrived? No. Certainly wasn't when he left Benfica to go to Monaco. Did better at Monaco, but. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Julian Alvarez, again, that's another guy. 
in release clause. Anybody could have signed them. It was right? 15 million. It's one of the bargains. Of the so they, again, this speaks to a very well-run club, not just at Guardiola level, but yeah. at front office level as well. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and you know, both these things can be true. Yeah, like, yeah, and certainly for the Akanji, I think they really liked some of the data that they saw on him. They knew he, had, he was injury prone because he had, had a lot of little niggers there and there. They were convinced they could fix that. Like they were convinced that they could have Haaland for the whole season without the little injuries that he had there and there at Dortmund, especially after, after he joined Dortmund. And that, just like that, and I repeat what I say all the time, how you judge a great manager is on three criteria. The first one is the results, of course, and why you win. The second one is on your style of football. And the third one is how much you improve individually, not collectively, individually your players. Because you can have a very strong collective and one or two not really at the level. Look at, as you've just mentioned, those names. But we can go from pretty much the whole team, how much they've improved under Guardiola. And the other two, the trophies, the style of play, of course, that was never a problem. But maybe the most fascinating about Guardiola is how much he improves his own players individually, right. the level that he takes them to, even at De Bruyne, and even what he's going to do with Haaland, you know. I mean, De Bruyne is, is one example, obviously we were high level before, but not at a big club. But there's, there's so many examples. I mean, Kyle Walker, for, you know, he's been there a long time, we're used to it, but this is not the same Kyle Walker no? who was there before. Um, Akanji, we've mentioned, instant impact. Jack Grealish, I mean... All right, individual talent. We can still debate whether he's worth all the money spent for him. But Jack Grealish's season is a, is a different guy than the guy from two years ago. Yeah. Right? We, we all agree that. Completely. Agree a better Bernardo player. Silva's a different player Completely. than the guy who played for Monaco. Um, these transfer Gundogan's another one, right? Now there's a whole thing. Is he going to leave? Is he's out of contract? Not just he might stay. And look, he looks brilliant out there, right? But was he a superstar when he arrived? No, no, no. He's a guy, another guy who, like, but, when he was very young at Dortmund, they said, oh, look, he's going to be good. Yeah, look, he's a German who can pass the ball in the midfield, blah, blah, blah. And then he totally gets lost. Yeah. And then he, mean, comes in, he comes in through the back door, and he becomes a player he is today. Yeah. There's something also about Guadalajara not wanting to sign a big star. And I would have loved, really loved, to see what Messi would have done in that team had he joined City on the Bureau of Facts summer. Right, but we knew that that was always an yeah, office and was never going to happen. True, but right? still. Okay. But I think there's that point as well that if you said to Guardiola, you can sign Neymar, maybe, let's say, from the, in right. 2017 when he went to Paris, I would not be surprised if Guardiola said, I prefer a Bernardo Silva to play there because he knew that for what he wants to play, the football he wants to play, he also needs soldiers. And there was a lovely clip on Sunday before the Man City game on, on UK television with a lot of snippets of life in the dressing room at City. So you could hear Rodri, you could hear Gundogan, you could hear the leaders and you realise Ruben yeah. Diaz. Filmed by the, the, the club, so it's very much propaganda from the club. Okay, like, 100%. That, that's why like, that, 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 I was going to reference it. They, they don't know that... They don't, when, when Ruben Diaz speaks before a game, He's focused on the game. He's not focused. He's the camera from the club filming me saying that. So right, that's why he when he got makeup before and they gave him the script to read. There's the other video of him memorizing. It's not that. I'm kidding. Don't listen. It's not I'm that. kidding. But apart from you see the leader and the, the kind of mindset in that dressing room, you also see Guardiola being completely intense as he is and saying, "I push you. I push you f for you to become better. Yeah. I push you to get the best out of you." That kind of stuff. And and you know, there's there's, I think there's something in that team. He says also in that 
in, the, in that kind of little video, he said, you're my warriors. He said, I love this club. I love you too. You're my warriors. I need my warriors on the pitch. And big stars sometimes, superstars with big egos are not warriors. Mm. And I do think that's also part of the thinking when they go and sign someone to go for those kind of profiles because he knows that he will develop them into superstars anyway. Yeah, look, and, you know, I would have never thought of Riyad Mahrez as a warrior, but that's what but we get to. He impresses you know, like a warrior. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no, no. Uh, I, but, but at City, that's yeah. what he's become. Um, final point on this, on the pitch invasion. Um, it happened last year too. It's a festive pitch invasion. They run onto the pitch and so on. Um, are you okay with this? Because some people aren't. I don't know who isn't. And I'm not talking that, you know, a 40-year-old man well, runs onto the pitch when the game is not over to try to take a selfie with Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> and, and maybe danger, this is not. The players were... I've, I've heard people say, ooh, but, you know, if they run onto the pitch, what if they get closer to the players? You don't know if they have a knife or whatever. Okay, everybody, first of I all... Mean, I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. But. And, you, and there's a search, there's everything. Nobody has a knife in the football stadium. Don't bring up no, the search okay. to go in. No, 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 no. But not, not that clip that you see on Twitter where the guy goes, <laughs> hey, here we go. But, but it's, it, certainly I was there last year, not this year, but I was there last year where he looked all under control. Everybody knows what's going to happen. The fans are there to celebrate. They're not there to create right. problems, to fight, to kill someone, yeah. to steal something. This is not like that. When you tell them to leave the pitch, they do. Okay, it might take a bit of time because it's About 40, 40 minutes, 45,000 yeah. of them on the pitch or whatever. But they do it and it's part of the celebration. No, there's no harm done. There's no mischief. Yeah. There's just nothing. Please let them enjoy the day. It's a I, very special day. I agree with you 100%. I, I have no issue for it. People say, oh, but then it encourages, you know. I, I think at some point we have to remember that those people are the ones who are paying the bills. Yeah. Well, and the guys in Abu Dhabi, of course. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Jules, I was hoping not to talk about uh, Real Madrid's game yeah. against Valencia uh, because, you know, Valencia are going to stay up. They're probably going to stay up anyway. It's that we have to because uh, this has developed an enormous story. H horrendous situation involving Vinicius uh, Jr. Um, I'll try to recap as quick as I can, leaving side of the things. Valencia winning one now. Towards the end of the game, uh, Vinicius Jr. at one point turns into the crowd, points at somebody. Uh, somebody was racially abusing him. We know that uh, 
stewards, law enforcement, police, whatever they were, mm. stepped in. There's reports in Spain that two people uh, were detained. Yeah. This went on. This went on for a long while. Uh, they were chance later. The, the referee. Uh, suspended the game Stand in the accordance game, yeah, with minutes. with the UEFA protocol. It seems um, spoke to Ancelotti. Ancelotti spoke to Vinicius. Ancelotti later said he wanted to take Vinicius off. Um, Vinicius stayed on the pitch. Uh, later, there were chants. Ancelotti came out after the game and said that the whole stadium was was chanting "Mono Mono," which means "Monkey Monkey." Obviously, racist chant. Valencia pushed back, saying that's not what they were chanting. Uh, in terms of entire stands, yeah. It's a complicated story, but the upshot, and I want to bring in Alex Kirkland, who, who joins us on this, is that Vinicius came out afterwards on social media and, you know, really, really took uh, uh, took a very, very hard line saying this was the, yeah. the, the Liga of Cristiano and Messi. Now it's a, it's a Liga of, of racism and racism. Tebas responded to it saying, no, it's not, and you didn't, and kind of tone deaf there, you didn't come. And, uh, and, and and see us when we gave the opportunity to come and talk about this, try to fix the problem. And Vinicius had hard word, harsh words to say about that. In other words, it's an ugly situation. We're going to try to establish the facts. Alex, um, my first question to you was the, the, the protocol that, well, first of all, what information do we actually have in terms of kind of the, the collective mass chanting? Do we have any hard information is it possible that Ancelotti got it wrong and that Valencia were correct? It's difficult. From all of the video clips that I've seen, and I've seen several, it appears in those clips, at least, to me, that most of the, the crowds are chanting the words tonto, stupid. But you can also hear some fans also using the word mono. Um, Ancelotti, as you say, came out straight after the game and was very, very clear. He was saying the entire stadium was was racially abusing Vinicius and he'd never heard anything like it. And institutionally, as you mentioned, Valencia then responded and saying that was not the uh, the case. It's difficult because that all adds uh, an element of, of confusion to the situation, which isn't particularly helpful because certainly what happened initially in terms of Vinicius being racially abused by one or two individuals seems to be pretty crystal clear. And then the, the debate about how much of the, the stadium was doing it uh, is maybe a little bit secondary and it's difficult to establish. But like I say, in the video clips that I've seen, you can hear both of those words being used. Alex, I'm already thinking that La Liga have spotters, have observers in the stands whose job is to document these instances uh, when it happens. And, and I'm assuming that, you know, if you're a normally sentient person, you can tell um, if people around you what they're actually chanting. Uh, so should we be hopeful that they will come to some resolution about whether it was actually um, a whole bunch of fans singing this uh, or whether it was simply the isolated incident? Yes, you're right. This is one of the steps that La Liga have taken in response to criticism, mostly from Vinicius Jr. over the last season or two, that they haven't been doing enough to deal with the issue of racism. One of the steps that La Liga took was bringing in these observers, these spotters, as you call them, in the grounds who can help provide evidence because what La Liga have been doing and what La Liga say that they, they can do in these situations is gather evidence both from TV images, from cameras, from microphones, from these observers in the stands, gather this evidence and pass it on to local prosecutors who can then look at prosecuting a, a hate crime. That's the route that La Liga have taken in terms of dealing with this. And they've done that, I think it's a total of nine times previously over the last two seasons. Now, Vinicius, part of his frustration, of course, is that he feels like this isn't enough 
and that they should be doing more. I want to I, I want to jump in on this because um, I mean, sadly, we have a lot of experience with this in Italy. Uh, there's two different things. There's one is. Uh, the league or the police prosecuting hate crimes and so on uh, via criminal process. There's also another one, which is simply clubs banning supporters who do this. Um, are the clubs, do the clubs have a legal right to do this? The league, I assume, have a legal right to issue their own banning orders or to ask clubs to ban fans? Do, do they have that right? This is what the discussion is here now in Spain, and this is what some... Right, what's there to discuss? You either have the right or you don't. Well, well, listen, La Liga is an association that represents its member clubs. And so if they collectively decide that to institute these punishments, they could do so. Um, they, they have chosen to take the, the legal route because they presumably feel it's the most effective way to, to deal with this. But Vinicius absolutely doesn't accept that that is the case. He wants to see the league and the clubs take action directly. All right, guys, I, I want to stick with this issue of banning individual fans because I, I, I'm good. Feel free to speak up if you disagree. But like we said, there's two things... Uh, two issues to deal with here, right? One is individuals who abuse and that you can go into the crowd, identify them, and you can ban them. And the other one is entire sections of crowds uh, that misbehave. Now, I think in, in a perfect world, they try to deal with these two things separately. So the individuals, you can go into the crowd, you can get them, you can identify them, and then you can ban them. Um, and I think, certainly in England, clubs can ban people straight away. They don't need a reason to ban you. Um, the police can also issue banning orders. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that there's a whole process there, yeah, and they have longer. to have evidence, and it, and it yeah. take, take, take longer. And that's why I raised the issue uh, with Alex about, you know, can clubs ban them? Do clubs ban them? And Alex, uh, I think you'd mentioned off air that Valladolid, for example they banned individuals. So surely that, I think, is a step forward. I would expect whatever the outcome of the criminal investigation is here, that if these guys are found guilty, and I don't see how they can't be, Jules, that Valencia would make sure that these two people never set foot in Mistaya ever again. Yeah, yeah, we hope so. But the problem is we always come back to the same thing. It doesn't happen, then it would be someone else. And unless this is clearly not enough because it happened, right. like we said too many times before, some clubs have banned some of their fans who were racially abusing Vinny and then it happens again. So cle clearly, whatever system is in place from La Liga, from the Federation, from the clubs, it's just not working, right? Because we I, want I, it to I, stop and it's not stopping. It's actually so, getting worse. Okay, so... On the point of it getting worse or better, I, I don't know, because the reality is in the past, people didn't talk about these incidents and people didn't report these incidents, right? Um, so I think we've made a step forward there. In terms of banning the individuals, I mean, you can go back and talk to footballers of color who played in the 1980s and, and 1990s here in England where we live, and we can see that actually banning individuals, giving lifetime bans, actually works. Because you know what? The people who were racially abusing um, footballers in the 80s and 90s, they've not, by and large, and cases sadly still happen here in England, where, where we're tipping the show, they were not replaced by other people racially abusing footballers, right? So I, I think okay. if you have those penalties in place, that's fine. And I, I think ideally you always punish the individuals. You always have accountability. But um, Alex, what you can't do, which is more difficult to do, is if you have an entire stand chanting something racist because in that situation you know you can't expect 
the, 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 unless you have the military on hand, you can't expect them to come in and ban everybody. And that's why in other countries, that's why they have the protocol, for example, where the match gets abandoned if the chanting persists. Uh, that's why they close stadiums, they close individual stands. Um, is that approach effective? Is it something that, is it something, first of all, that that's the purview of La Liga or is that the purview of the Spanish FA? I mean, this is something that La Liga and its member clubs could do if they if they wanted to. If they wanted to um, institute more radical penalties in terms of closing parts of a stand or an entire stand or a, or a stadium, they could do that if they, if they thought that was going to be an, an effective deterrent and it wasn't going to bring further problems. Of course, fundamentally, this comes down to it's a societal problem here in Spain where some fans feel comfortable standing in the stands, racially abusing a player and with, with feeling like they can do that and that those around, those around them as well are going to tolerate it. That's part of the, the problem. I, it's hard to know because this keeps happening. Clearly what's happening right now, what's being done right now, isn't an effective deterrent because it keeps happening. So something needs to change and something more needs to be, needs to be done. And that clearly is what Vinicius is saying. Jose, I, I want to make the point here um, that, and because I do think it's relevant. I've been around these people. I've heard all these excuses, not from in this case. And it all comes back to two things. One is they say these people to a man, and, and this is why I, I struggle with people say it's a societal issue. Yes, racism is a societal issue. I don't expect football to solve societal issues. I just want to make sure that this doesn't happen in stadiums. And they come out and they say that they're not actually racist, that it's just another form of abuse. They don't like Vinicius, uh, and so they feel empowered to wind him up racially which to me is entirely unacceptable. But Wind him up the a different anyway. way. Call him ugly, what? It's an offense. You just don't, you can call someone tonto, yeah. uh, you stupid, you're an idiot, and that's, that, and that's, right. it's not nice, but it's your way of winding him up, which is okay, you don't go to jail for that. If you racially abuse someone, whether you want to winding him up or not, whether you don't think you're being racist right. or what, you go to jail for that. This is an offense. It's not, it's, it's illegal. But I, I think more, so than, more than it being illegal, which is, there are a lot of gray areas there, and it's not always easy to prosecute. Um, it just seems common sense to me that this is not an acceptable, it's not, it's not an acceptable way. And I, and, and I think it, it brings up, and you make a good point there, I don't really care if these people are racist or not. Like, I, 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 really, I really don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a sociologist, whatever. I simply care that they racially abuse somebody, which, as you said, is illegal. More than illegal, it's just wrong. You know, it's wrong. There's a lot of things which are legal line, like, wrong, I'm right? not this racist. Is, you know, I've got black, uh, black friends. Yeah, so and I don't boo my own black players. Exactly. Oh, no, no, or they come up with things like, you know, I don't they, boo my own players okay, who are fine, players like, of color. Which is BS. Yeah, and they're saying like, oh, look, Rodrigo and David Alaba and Camavinga, these guys don't get racially abused in the way Vinicius does. It's because they don't like Vinicius. I don't care exactly whatever whatever hydraulics you go through in your mind to try to justify this. It just simply cannot happen. We're, no. we're all in agreement but on we that all, part. For me, Javier Tebas is responsible for it. The clubs are responsible. You are responsible for what happens in your stadium. I do not care if like it's one guy, 20, 20,000, 200. They are, they are your fans. They're in your stadium. You know who they are. Everybody who has a season ticket, for example, is registered under his name. You sell tickets to people who put their name down. You know exactly who is sat where in your stadium. 
Well, to a degree you do, well, because yeah, people move should, around yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. still, you should. And this is your own responsibility as a club. That's why I disagree with you in the sense that I think clubs, like Valencia, like Valladolid before, should, could also be punished directly to the club. And then I'm sure that fans then will think twice next time to call Vini a mono because they think, they, they're going to think like, hang on, I don't want the stadium to be closed, be, playing behind closed doors, this is not good for my team, I don't want to be dock points, I don't want my club who's struggling financially already to be fined 100,000 euros, 200,000 euros, 500,000 euros, whatever the fine is. And Javier Tebas has to do his part. Right now, Javier Tebas is hiding behind the fact that all I can do is we investigate, we send that to the local police and they do what they have to do and then we forget about it and we move on. No, you don't move on. You don't move on anymore. So I think one of the difficulties with punishing the clubs is that while it may be appropriate in, in certain issues, and by the way, clubs should, should definitely be held to account. Nobody's doubting that, right? In fact, I, I think there's more that we can do. We talked about this in the, in the Lukaku case. I've often yeah. been super... Uh, critical of Juventus, but they introduce facial recognition. They have this fancy camera system. They can zero in and 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 and, and every single fan's underwear if they want to. Um, and there should be an investment in that. Whether the money comes from La Liga or whether you just tell clubs in the same way that your stadium has to be up to snuff, you need to have the system in place so that we can readily identify everybody. Right? That's stuff that they can do. Um, the the reason I'm a little bit skeptical about this. Uh, about the idea that fans love their club so much that they care about getting docked points is there will be some situations where a tiny minority of fans, because you still have the issue of the individual, right? Mm. The individual, like what you're saying may apply if you have an entire stand full of people. If you have an individual who's angry at his club and the club's already relegated or the club's in mid-table with nothing to play for, he may well feel that, you know what? I hate the owner of this club, or I hate the situation, or whatever, or, or I'm going to threaten the club and blackmail them and say, give me 50 free tickets, or otherwise I'll do this. And look, it's, it's, all this stuff has happened before, right? We've seen people do this. Yeah. So I don't know what's, what's, most, effective, what's most effective here. Um, but I, I want to ask Alex, is, has that been part of the conversation? So better crowd recognition, better crowd control measures? Paid for by the clubs, or at least, or paid for by La Liga, but having those things in the stadium so that you can quickly intervene on individuals? I mean, with the number of cameras that are inside a stadium right now, it's hard to know or understand why everyone wouldn't be on camera and identifiable at pretty much all times, I think. Um, I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about the legal route. The big problem here in Spain with the legal route is that prosecutors, time and time again, in these cases, of racial abuse of Vinicius have decided not to press charges, have decided not to prosecute. There was one incident um, before the Madrid derby late last year in which some Atletico Madrid fans outside the stadium were chanting, calling Vinicius a monkey. And that went through the legal process and prosecutors decided not to press charges because they said it didn't meet the standards for a, a criminal offence. Bizarre reasoning saying it lasted just a few seconds and it was in the context of a derby. Just ab absurd. And so that's why the legal route isn't working. So like you say, something else needs to be, be done. I saw that video and that's why, like, you know, Jules, you can say, oh, it's illegal, it's a hate crime or whatever. But if it's going to tie up the courts, if it's going to take forever, and in the end, they're not going to prosecute or press charges because they say the nonsense that Alex just repeated. Right? No, 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 but I'm just fine. But we're not here. We're not having a, a legal criminal justice system. No, but the problem of Spain as but well. The, and, and, but but, and, but this, is, this is why La Liga 
and the Spanish FA need to do more because the criminal system won't. Yeah, true. But I mean, Alex lives he lives there. I, I think the the racism issue in Spain goes beyond football. I, I think we can agree with that, Alex. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, sure. so it's not La Liga can do if 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 not everybody right. is pulling in the same direction, including prosecutors, okay. the law, the justice in that country. It's, it has to be a, uh, um, an effort that everybody, how do you say, like a like collective a, effort. Collective effort. That's right. it. And, and I'm going to say to you, no, because, and I'll tell you why, because I can't wait around for society to change and for the legal system to get up to speed. I want La Liga and the Spanish FA to act now and to act on the things that they can control. What they yeah. can control is banning people. So this whole like, oh, it's a societal problem, collective issue, is fine. I, I, is. I, don't, I don't have a 20-year horizon. But it doesn't matter. It's that's fine. But I, that's great. Start now, then. Start no, no. now for the next generation. Right. No, no, no. For the no, next Vinicius. It's fine. Those are wonderful yeah, but it's, words. But, it's, it's but I, want, I want action. And I want, and so I'd like to, to narrow down on what they can do individually. So we've already said that clubs can do a better job of identifying individuals and issuing their own banning orders. They yeah. don't need to wait for the police to do that. La Liga can put pressure on clubs to to take action of banning orders. Those Liga observers they, who are but, there yeah, but need they don't. to... What? They don't. No, no, but I'm saying this is what they need to do. This is something that is reasonable to expect of them. It's not reasonable... But then I don't understand why you don't want La Liga to punish those clubs. Well, they can punish clubs who don't take action. But when, they, when it's individuals... I think it's a different, I, I don't think it's the most effective way of doing it. The most effective way of doing it is, as we heard from Alex, as, as we've seen, there are better security measures you can do. When these incidents are recorded, they have observers in the stands. They know when it happens. Okay. That I, I, I want to I get to realistic steps rather than these big macro solutions, which I, I, I don't know where they okay. lead. If I'm a club, like, okay, I was going to take Peter Lim and Valencia, but this is a wrong example. I'm a, I'm a Spanish club, right? This happened in my You're state. You're Almeria. It must, yeah, it's, this happened in my stadium. Javier Tebas calls me the following day and says, listen, we need to do something. We find something. I said, I said to the Javier Tebas, have you seen the tweet that you just sent on Sunday night where you basically blame Vinicius for everything that's been happening to him this right. season? Why would I listen as a club to Javier Tebas trying to give me lessons on how to manage my fans, okay, my video recognition, when te <laughs> Tebas, himself, but Tebas himself is not on board, Gab. Okay. This is the power of the problem. But, but that's why, hopefully, with Alex's help, we're saying what we think Tebas should do. I am certainly not defending Tebas in this situation in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying is somebody needs to deal with it. I cannot wait for the legal system in Spain to go and deal with this system. Then change which the is the first thing, which is the first thing that why Tebas should stop. It's great that you keep passing this information to prosecutors if then they don't do anything. So what you can do right now, review the uh, the, 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 the cameras and the security systems in the stadium. Like I mentioned, Juventus have some kind of state-of-the-art one that they use for to stop terrorist attacks in, in airports. They even have directional microphones, all this stuff. It costs something like 400,000 uh, euros to implement. I think that's money very, very well spent. Mm. Okay, So that is one concrete step. Um, the observers are there. The observers report back to La Liga. Uh, if the club don't deal with these situations, then you take steps against the club. Then you can look at, at docking points because this is a club not doing what they're supposed to do. But you have to give the clubs a chance to go and clean up their mess. Um, I, these, to me, seem like reasonable things. Uh, I, I don't think you can keep hiding behind the legal system and jurisdictions. Uh, Alex, you said 
Rubiales and the Spanish FA are talking later, and you immediately said it. For those, we don't need to get into Spanish football politics, but Rubiales and Tebas don't like each other. I think that's. I think, <laughs> that's I think, I think we all know that. Um, but here's what's obvious to me about Tebas. Tebas, Tebas's job is to look after the welfare of La Liga. So the image of La Liga mm-hmm. matters to Tebas, right? He's trying to launch a global product. He spends money on their TV channels and this and that. Um, and if he doesn't do a good job promoting La Liga and increasing revenue, he's going to be out of a job. And look at some other schlemiel in his, in his place, right? Yeah. So Tebas, it seems to me, Alex, has an incentive, has a strong incentive to act. Um, what's stopping him at this point? Because you know what? If you act now, you can't even have the argument that like, oh, Real Madrid are against me because Real Madrid would probably back you in this situation. And for once, Tebas and Real Madrid would be on the same side. I think that they have been drastically underestimating how damaging this is to La Liga's image globally. Maybe now, maybe this time with this reaction, because this has come, become a major international story. It's the biggest story in Brazil right now. Everyone up to and including Lula, the president, is, is talking about this in Brazil. Maybe La Liga are going to realise just how damaging this is. The problem with Tebas, he takes this kind of misguidedly combative approach to literally everything. And so when Vinicius comes out, rather than coming out and saying, um, Vinny, we're with you, we support you all the way, we'll do whatever it takes, here's what we're doing already and we want to do more. Instead of that, Tebas seems to be kind of somehow like want to fight back at what he sees as criticism of, of La Liga. And he, sa- he says, Vinicius, he calls him kind of misinformed or that he's being manipulated by those around him. And like I say, takes this really uh, um, like pugnacious approach, which is completely ill-suited to, to, to this situation. It's, it's a very, very strange response, I think, from Tebas. And like you say, what should be concerning him is just how much damage this is doing to La Liga around the world. Which, when La Liga, what they want to do, as you say, is compete with the Premier League, continue to expand globally. An issue as like, fundamental as this, as your star player, because Vinicius is the star of La Liga of the future. He's you know on the way to becoming the best player in the world. If this guy is saying is calling Spain a racist country, which is what he did, and calling your league a racist league, and implying, as he did at the end of that statement on Instagram for Vinicius, he said, "I will keep fighting the racists, even if it's far from here." which is an implied threat saying, sort this out or else. When that's happening with your most kind of valuable asset as, as a player, you need to sort this out and, and fast. Yeah, I, listen, you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think, uh, Tebas, if you're listening, just, you know, next time you're about to tweet, uh, text Kirkland and he'll tell you what to tweet because that would have made a lot it's more a sense. Right? It's an absolute disgrace, that um, tweet. On the, um, one thing that struck me, uh, Carlo Ancelotti went through this a few years ago when he was managing Napoli. Um, similar situation, Koulibaly was, was racially abused, they applied the protocol, it stopped. But, Koulibaly said, but, but Ancelotti said he felt very strongly that the next time that it happens, he's going to pull his team off the pitch. He didn't do that in this situation. Jules, did he, did, did he miss an opportunity here? Because let's face it, He's not going to get pressure from Florentino. No, but I'm saying this game was irrelevant to Real Madrid. Yeah, no, of course it was. It's, but yeah, I would have loved him too. And you, you, you could see, I mean, uh, only on television for us watching, but you could see how angry he was. And certainly his post-match interview straight after the game. I don't think I've ever seen him like that. Maybe not even after that night in Naples uh, with Napoli. Uh, yeah, of course we can say now he's, he should have done it. And I think maybe now he's thinking I should have done it. Just on the, mo- on the moment... It's hard to say to Karim Benzema, 
gather everybody and we go back to the dressing room and we go back to Madrid now I actually don't think it's that easy there's maybe part of the players who want to continue the game play win it for example and just say like you know we've beaten the racist instead of leaving the pitch and which could be seen by some as a well you kind of you 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 back you you kind of back off and you let the racist win I don't know I just think okay. it's not that the, the, let the racist win argument is really no, no. old. It's I mean I, I know it's not what you believe. No no no, but, you but it's mean, a like, stupid I, argument. I'm not sure what can go through Carlos' head at that no, moment. No, 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 like no, no. I, I, the anger I'm, and everything. But yeah, yeah. I'm of pretty course. sure right now. Uh, I think I know him a little bit. I think he absolutely regrets. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. The pitch. Yeah yeah, uh, I wouldn't especially be in the situation he was in. Um, I want to touch upon one 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 final thing with you, with you, Alex. Uh, the I, I'm not saying people can. This is a very, very serious thing. But I was. You, you told me earlier what, and you can repeat now what uh, the the uh, agency that looks after Vinicius's PR, what they put out. Vinicius, of course, getting sent off later in the game, uh, a confrontation with Hugo Duro, and he struck him. A confrontation had nothing to do with no with, yeah. with racism. Um, but what did they come out and say? Yeah, it was quite a quite a remarkable statement on Instagram from Vinicius's um, agency. They put out a statement today, basically making the comparison between what happened to Vinicius Jr. last night and what happened to George Floyd, and they were saying that this is reflective of an, um, a, a young black man being restrained, both literally and figuratively. Sorry, and sorry, sorry, sorry. Just, just to be clear, they're not talking about him being racially abused. They're talking specifically about the incident with Hugo Duro. Yes, the image landed time in which there was this big brawl. Hugo Duro clashed with Vinicius. Hugo Duro restrains um, Vinicius Jr. Vinicius pushed him away and Vinicius was sent off. So that, that literal example of restraint is what they are talking about. But they use that to then go on and try and make a wider point saying that Vinicius is being uh, restrained as well symbolically by a league which it says doesn't want to see um, black players succeed like Vinicius is is doing. That's what his agency said today. I, I think this is a very, very serious issue that we need to have action now. I think we've outlined certain things that La Liga could do right now on their own without involving societal changes and the police and the courts. You can do all that, but you can't wait on those people. You can control the things that you can control. And this is something that if they want to, if they're serious about it, if they're willing to make the investment, I think they can control. I don't think what we need is people comparing Hugo Duro to the policeman who killed George Floyd, frankly, because that to me yeah. seemed purely like a physical confrontation on the pitch. There's no suggestion from anyone that racism was involved. Whatever kind of weirdo imagery you want to conjure up, it's just a really, 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 really bad idea. Leave Hugo Duro uh, out of this. Um, guys, we've been into this a lot. Anybody have one last, anybody have the last thing to say? It's just we were talking with Alex before preparing for the show about the future for Vinicius. Because, and, and like Alex also said in his, in his tweet, Vinicius kind of mentioned the possibility that maybe one day he's going to fight the races from far away from Spain. I mean, I don't think Real Madrid will let him go. But just from a Vinicius point of view, there would be a moment, there would be a point where he would have had enough and just would never want to put a foot back in Spain ever again. And that's and that's the tr and you can completely understand why there's a point, even if he's the biggest star in the greatest club in the world right now, with the future ahead of him in a top top league, there will be a point where he said, you know what, I would rather go to play in England or play yeah. in France or play in Italy. Or, well, uh, uh, Italy, Vini, Italy, just be careful. Yeah. But you know, play in Germany. I don't. But you see what I mean? Yeah. I, I I know it's not going to happen this summer or whatever. But 
to go back to yeah. what Alex was saying for La Liga, this is also threatening La Liga to be losing, not just maybe Vinny, but maybe other players if that happens to other players as well. Yeah, and, and I think we should point out too that this, if we want to be super cynical about it, this is more relevant because as Alex said, Vinicius is arguably the biggest star in, in La Liga, yeah. certainly the biggest future star. Um, but the, what applies to him should apply to the reserve fullback at Almeria, who is also yeah. of African descent, who might get racially abused in a game. And, you know, we don't talk about it because we don't know who the hell he is. Yeah, yeah, no, for So sure. we can't just say this, oh, they need to act because Vinicius could leave. No, Vinicius could leave, if they're cynical, they don't care about it, is a spur into action. But they have to act not just for Vinicius, for everybody, but for, for sure. all the people of color, all yeah. the footballers of color, anybody who gets racially abused. Jules, as we were recording this in real time, uh, Javier Tebas, I don't know if he's got a mole in here, was listening, but yeah. he decided to respond. Um, oh, and now what, apologize for his tweet from last night or apologizing to Vinicius and Real Madrid? <laughs> not quite. He's got four points. Um, he says, neither Spain nor La Liga are racist. It is very unfair to say that. Right, okay. I, my take, I don't really care about giving, defining entire countries as racist, saying it per I think it's pointless. And, I don't yep. really care if you defend yourself from that or not. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, exactly. I just want to deal with the actions from what you deal with. He says, um, La Liga denounces and persecutes racism with all the harshness within our powers. And here, you do have, this This brings right back to what we talked about, yeah. the powers, can you ask clubs to ban people? Do you have to send everything to the, 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 the hate crime people and, and the law? Could you do both? I think you can. He could do much more than what he's doing now, that's for sure. This season, racist insults have been reported nine times. And then he puts in eight of them have been for insults against Vinny, Vinny Jr., which I don't know quite how to read that. But uh, we've always identified the, the miscreants and we've always filed complaints with the sanctioning bodies. It doesn't matter... How few they are, we are always relentless. Good. Well, you can. Why don't you be more relentless yourself? And as we said, put the onus on the clubs yeah. to ban the individuals. So once you've identified them to the uh, sanctioning body, since you can't be a sanctioning body yourself, apparently, you can certainly ask your clubs to sanction them. And number four, we cannot allow the image of a competition that is above all a symbol of union between peoples to be tarnished. You know, enough of this nonsense. Exactly. It's not Do a symbol something. of a union. Oh my. Um, where more than 200 black players in 42 clubs receive the respect and affection of all the fans every day. Um, and racism is an extremely specific case that we're brain, going to man. eradicate. All right. He's part of the problem big time. Let, let's just see the action. And you know what? Telling me the number of black people in Spain to what show we said that there's no problem uh, is just My friend is black. I'm demented. not racist. Uh, it, it's completely demented. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not even going to use a label whether you're racist or not. Because I don't care. I don't judge. I'm not going to get into that. You can't use racist speech. It's exactly. as simple as that. Just, I'm not interested in you, but like, I'm not racist. The question is, do you allow racist speech exactly. in your stadiums, in your competitions? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's move on with some quick hits. Let's go, Gab. Bayern contrived to lose at home to Leipzig oh. after taking the lead. Jules, this was ugly. It was. Only the second half because the, the first half they played well. Gnabry scored a lovely goal. Coman should have made it 2 0. Great cross by Cancelo and the header just wide. And then after that, the second half. I mean, how can you concede a goal in a game like this? You know, in, in this final sprint of the season where any little mistakes would count with Dortmund, etc., it's your corner. And then you find yourself 4v1 yeah. and Cancelo is the one defending against Leipzig. You know, we, we made fun of somebody recently. It was pretty Saint-Germain, but we made fun of them because they, they had an attacking corner or attacking yeah, set against, piece. Uh, and, and everybody... Against Lorient or something like that. How, How does this happen? Up, man, in a game that could, that could make you win the title and against one of the best counter-attacking team in Europe and then you left yourself exposed like this. It's not acceptable. And then a penalty and then another penalty. They lost their head after the first goal anyway. Uh, wow, now they're in a very difficult position. It's yeah, crazy. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, again, like, I, I, I go back. I, I'm a Tuchelista. I will defend him. This is on Brazil and this is on Oliver Kahn. And if they screw this up, they have, they have to be conscious. I mean, six weeks ago, they could win the trouble. Now they might not win anything because it took them a while and they played nearly an hour with an extra man after the red card for Udogai. But Sebastian Aller and scored twice to give Borussia Dortmund a 3 0 win away at Augsburg, Gabby, which takes them back to the top of the table. Two points clear with a game to go. So much for the Ooh. idea that they were going to screw this up again. Again, remember, of course, injured uh, Jude Bellingham yes. as well, which, you know, some people said he was the whole effing show. Clearly not. There yeah. are other players here as well. Um, I, like, I'm very happy for Haller, given what he's been through. Yeah. I love the fact that people kept pointing like, oh, look, their away record. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, they won like, yeah. six games away from home. That's fine. Well, take your away record and put it where the sun don't shine because they won 3 <laughs> now against Augsburg. Augsburg, of course, a uh, uh, some people might say kind of like, like a wholly owned dependency of, you know, just of down the road from Bayern, Bayern yeah. as well. For sure. Last week of the season, uh, Borussia Dortmund host Mainz. K- uh, FC Köln host Bayern. Oh. Um and Mainz have nothing to play for. 70 30, 80 20 Dortmund, 90 10? I think 90 10 at this Ooh. stage. Who would have thought that Paris Saint Germain would be the last side in the ah, Big Five okay. to be crowned champions? That's because I'm assuming they're playing at night next Saturday, whereas yes. the Bundesliga was in the afternoon. Yeah. Their win away to Auxerre wasn't enough as Lens uh, beat Lorient, so they'll have to wait for next weekend at Strasbourg. Jules, to be we, official, yeah, because they are. We saw the little magic from Mbappe yeah. and then kind of like, all right, job done. Yeah, then they stopped playing at halftime. So the second half was quite interesting because Oxair went for it. They're fighting against relegation, so they had to go for it. They scored one. It got a little bit tense, but the stadium was great. The stadium I, I knew well because when I was a young journalist, I used to go there and cover the team a lot. Um, 
But for PSG, I mean, they're six points clear. They've got plus 16 of goal difference with two games to go. So it, they're going to win the title. But they will have to wait for next week to be official, as you said, on Saturday night. But Nasser was there. He doesn't often go on the road. No, but Oxley is not too far. You drive an hour right. from Paris. So right. it's, you right. know, it's fine. Casemiro scores the only goal as Manchester United win away at Bournemouth, Gab. It was quite a goal too. And it means that, bearing divine intervention, they will play in the Champions League next season. Yeah, which means, all told, they'll finish third or fourth. Four. Good season. You've won the title uh, already, maybe a second one. Yeah, we've, we've we've seen all the flaws this season. I think it's very clear mm-hmm. what he needs to work on. We've also seen that he can be pragmatic. Um, I'm impressed. It's a good season. They took it home, yeah. and they're ready to move on. Yeah. Napoli may have nothing to play for, but they still beat Inter 3-1 as Roberto Gagliardini foolishly gets himself <laughs> sent off. <laughs> Jules, did Inter not realize that they are not guaranteed a place in the Champions League next season? Are they so confident oh, that they'll stuff Man City in the final? It won't matter. I don't know, but when, when Lukaku scored that equalizer 1-1, which, by the way, was a little miracle in itself, you thought, okay, now just close the shop. Even if you're done um, to 10 men and just get that draw when in Naples, this is, you know, mm. this would be a good result in itself. And yet they let that go, consider two more. For Gagliardini, he played 41 minutes, Gabby, five fouls he made, two yellow cards. To let his team down in that way is unacceptable to start with. To be so stupid is unacceptable. To think that in three weeks' time there's a Champions League final where you might have a role to play because we're not sure about the fitness of Chanaloglu. So you might not start, but you might have a few minutes there and there. Yeah, as a he'll, he'll come in to help reserve the lead. Yeah, and you in Zaghi, <laughs> you think like, why would I a loose cannon like you? Look what you did against exactly. Naples. No thanks. It's so stupid from Gagliardini. I, I just never get those, those, those attitudes from players. Sticking with Napoli, Gabi, all signs to the fact that it's all over between the club and Luciano Spalletti. Gabi, seems crazy that you can win the title and then leave like this. It's so foolish. It's so foolish. But what um, uh, Fauzi Gulam, who's who's close to Luciano Spalletti, was on television. He kind of really, I think he kind of gives us a Spalletti version of yeah. what, what really happened. Spalletti had a year left on his contract. There was an option to uh, uh, to extend the deal. He's annoyed that uh, the president, Aurelio de la Rentis, just simply sent him an email extending it rather than actually talking to him. It's not even about money with him. Yeah, it's just simply it's like, like yeah. you know, we just achieved this great Courtesy. thing. Yeah. He's annoyed with the fact that when they won the title away against Udinese, De Laurentiis wasn't there. These things matter to Spalletti. Um, uh, De Laurentiis came out and said something, well, I don't want to clip your wings by forcing you to stay. And then he says, you know, I don't need wings, I need boots. And he's referring to the fact that, of course, Spalletti has a farm and he spends, when he's not coaching, he goes back on yeah. the farm and drives his little tractor <laughs> oh, around. I love him. It's such a weird situation. I'm hoping they can still resolve, resolve it, but all the people in the know say, ain't going to happen. And, and Juntori, the sporting director who's done so well, might be on his way as well. So, like, we, we're down to you could lose those men, your director, your sporting director, your manager, like, maybe you sent the back, as we will see yep. later. Like, come on. It's, it's, it's odd. Too little, too late for Liverpool against Aston Villa. Jules, the 1 1 draw at Anfield means it's almost certainly Europa League for them next season. Though Roberto Firmino got to say goodbye in the best. Oh, uh, when I saw that later, because obviously I was playing an, an own charity match myself, didn't see it at the same time. It moved me. Like, I was almost crying seeing the, the, the goodbye that he had from the crowd. Incredible. I mean, he arrived in the summer 2015. It's a long time, eight season. He was such a great servant. One of the key pieces in this incredible puzzle that Jurgen Club built for them to go and win the league and the Champions League and pretty much everything that they could be there to win. A wonderful player. Uh, such an unselfish player as well. 
that I think would be would be sorely missed. It was the right time, I think, for him to move on, for the club to move on from him. But what a great uh, send-off they gave him. And fifth place, I think, about right for Liverpool. But they'll regret it. Yeah, they will regret it, for sure. Tottenham, on the other hand, likely may not have any European football at all next season as they lose to Brentford 3-1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Gab, the fans were not happy either, and they're not happy. Yeah, look, they were fourth when Conte was sacked. Yeah. Uh, since then, they've had eight points of a possible 27, which is a relegation. But I thought clip. Ryan Mason was ready. I thought he said he I, was ready. We, we can mark Ryan Mason. I think the... And I, look, I don't know that it was necessarily wrong to part ways with Conte because of his state of mind, you know, and, and whatever. But you have to make correct decisions afterwards. And they basically packed in the season. It cost them. It's going to cost them financially, which apparently is what Daniel Levy really cares about. They should reflect on all this. Yeah. City got to celebrate a day early uh, as Arsenal fell away to Nottingham Forest 1-0. Jules Arteta played, I don't know, looked to me like a back three yeah, at times. Other times, Thomas Partey was playing right back. Is he already experimenting for next season? Yeah, I think that was the idea. I mean, this was a game where they knew they would have a lot of the ball, 85% at some point. I mean, 85% you lose because it's, an, it's another... Bad pass from Martin Odegaard. It's not the first time where he gave the ball away that went straight into a goal. Uh, even if there was still a long way between the halfway line when Morgan Gibbs White got the ball and and the the goal in itself. Um, but I think he tried something different. But we said before that, and to go back to dogmatism that we talked before about Pep, that one plan is great. It's good if you have a B and a C too. Yeah, what does it say to Kieran Tierney though? Yeah, he can't even get on the pitch he in this situation. After, but yeah, if you try something different, you know. Huge day for Juventus today, Gab. Uh, the Italian FA Court of Appeal is expected to decide whether to reinstate the point deduction, point penalty or not. Yeah, and there's different scenarios. Um, they can even reduce the 15 points if they want to. They can reduce it to zero. Can put somewhere in between. Um, Juventus are second in the table. They sit and wait. Allegri, in the meantime, has said uh, that, oh, I'm 100% going to be back next season. If it's up to me, of course, it's not only yeah, up to yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it would be good, regardless of what happens if he comes no, back next I agree. season. Atletico Madrid cruised to a 3-0 win over Osasuna, which means that they're guaranteed Champions League football next year. Jules, given how they started the season, this was by no means a given. No, you're right. And the second half of the season after the World Cup has been a bit magnificent, you have to say. I think this was the eighth, eighth time this season that they, they win by, three, by, by a three-goal margin, which, let's be honest, I think happened once under El Cholo at the club. But this is not what they usually do. They win 1-0 or maybe 2-1. This is Atleti 2.0, Jules. It is, it is. And, well, and credit to them, the way they've been playing that second half was amazing. The best team in the league, for sure. And Griezmann, the best player in the league, as we said, on that second half of the, t of the, of the campaign, I'm talking. It was very funny, by the way, at the beginning, when Morata, Morata scores two goals where he's obviously, very obviously yeah, very offside. Obviously. I'm like, you cannot wait, right? <laughs> I mean, goals like, wrong. But again, it's <laughs> happened so many times. They're very handsome and very French. And our friend Olivier Giroud gets a hat-trick and Milan run past Sampdoria 5-1 gap. They needed, they needed this reaction after being knocked out of the Champions League, of course. Uh, they did. I think it was um, three consecutive losses before this. Uh, the Champions League is really, really important to them. It builds confidence. Rafael Leao also looks sharp yeah, uh, with too. the opening goal. Brian as well. Uh, they're two points back, two games to go. All to play for here. Barcelona are beaten by Real Sociedad in their first appearance as Liga yeah. champions at the Camp Nou, Jules. It was party all round anyway, as Barcelona didn't care. And La Real all but guaranteed themselves a place in the top yeah, four. Yeah, good win for them, of course. You take that for Imanol. I mean, 
Sorloth, your friend, the only one in a, in a, the only living Sorloth in captivity, picking uh, Jules Kunde's pocket. I mean, powering towards the goal. Uh, the assist How when everybody, awesome when everybody thought that he was going to shoot. No, the assist <sighs> is very clever, and then he scores himself uh, for the win. You're right. Barca didn't really care that much. Lewandowski scored late. It was all about the party, all about Chavi's speech at the end. Busquets, obviously, for his last. Uh, you know, for his last title and trophy there, um, great. So nobody would have cared about the defeat. But it's good for La Real that we want to see in the Champions League next season, which we like. This lovely, lovely. And team. good for Robert Lewandowski. One more goal, increasing yes. the distance of Krim. He's going to be. He's going to be the Pichichi. Yeah. yeah. Chiro Immobile wins and converts a controversial penalty as Lazio win away to Udinese one 0 and come within a whisker of a Champions League spot. Yeah, they have a four-point lead over Milan, two, two games, games to, to go. go. Yeah. That's going to happen. Um, but by the way, this penalty, yeah. talk about buying a penalty. I mean, uh, Udinese is furious. Rightly so. They, he took a dive he, with Adam Mazzina. It's, it's worth going and seeing. I'd love to see Alejandro Moreno go and judge this. And yeah. Yeah, that's This story. was a classic case where the whole thing, where they say in Italy, well, but if there's contact and the referee sees it, it's not up to VAR. No, no, no. This yeah. is deceptive. This is Definitely. cheating. Nistra at home to Toulouse but all is not well Jules the fans are angry oh, and I yeah. don't think Dante's too happy either nope. despite extending his contract uh, the reason we talk about this is because of the many Nice fans no it's because United fans we think want to hear uh, what's going on given that Sir Jim Ratcliffe yeah. is one of the two people who are trying to acquire the club assuming the Glazers ever decide to sell yes and that's course. a whole other issue take a time yeah. and the deadlines and the rain group let's move on yeah the problem that Dante had when he came to see the press in the mix on after the game uh, he said like listen th- th- you know this this season didn't start in the right way in the sense that in August the ownership and Sir Dev Braceford who is somehow somehow because <laughs> he should never be there the sporting director at that club We'll wait till uh, he becomes chief executive yeah, of Manchester United. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope he's not involved in your club, Manchester United fans. He but will. When they went on the tour, he's the guy walking around, pulling I know, everything, I don't care. He questions. should not be there. The guy is a cyclist, man. He's got nothing to do with football. So, basically, Dante said, like, we had six players leaving, six arriving at the last minute in August, pretty much. That's what he mean. So, how is that How is that supposed to work? This is not work. This This could not work. And they almost kind of salvaged the season at some point. Now the season is gone because they were out of Europe against Basel. They can't even do anything in the league. But it should have been the, the, the preseason should have been dealt much in a much better way. And let's see what they do in this coming transfer window. Since then, things have changed at the club. Bradford is not so much involved because he wants to go to United now. Uh, but yeah, Dante, I think, and rightly so, opening his mouth to uh, to tell the truth again. Brighton are going on a European tour. Their win over Southampton means that they have locked up a top six finish. Some love for this Herbie, please. I mean, they need one more point in two games to make sure that they finish in sixth place. Otherwise, Aston Villa in seventh can still overtake them. And the last game of the season is Aston Villa against Brighton. They can finish seventh and go in the Conference League. That's still in Europe. Yes, true. But so it's, not top six it's still finish. a European tour. It's not a top six finish, though. If oh, that's seven. right. This is top yeah. six finish. Sorry. <laughs> a European place. You're correct. Yeah, look, love for the Zerbi. I think he's had a tremendous impact. Yeah, but I think love for the club as a whole. Yeah. This is how a club, I think, should be run. We talked before what Manchester City does. Smart people making smart decisions. Brighton do the same thing on a much smaller scale, right? Yeah. Uh, Leandro Trossard, you're not indispensable. You want to go, contract, whatever. Boom, gone. Yeah. And I think that Zerbi... 
two. I mean, the Zerbi came out and started talking. We need reinforcements for Europe. It's fine. It's what managers do. They have three players already. Three new players it, already. Yeah, okay. They're three new players who probably the average Joe hasn't heard of. Would that be well, fair? I mean, James Milner? No, I'm not talking about James Milner. Yeah, Moldavut and, and Joe Pedro. There's the three really, oh, really, really Those are the three guys. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, They've signed already, so okay. I suspect that... So you know, a cast Dahoud. off from Borussia Dortmund, oh, a guy who's played Dahoud for a bunch of bad clubs, and a guy who's fifty years old. Okay, nice. Okay, uh, no, I'm kidding. But I think I think the point is. Um, so I'm assuming certainly in Milner's case, he just wants to be a part of it, which yeah. I think is is great. Great influence. I agree. I agree. Um, what I would point out though is the thing about Brighton is they're already insulated against the Zerbi. If the Zerbi turns, I'm not saying this will happen, but if he were to turn into Conte and saying, ah, buy this, buy that, we're going to Champions League next year. They can easily say, all right, wait for somebody to come on. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for the Muppet Show, uh, maybe from West London, to come and sign you. Yeah. Give us another big whack of compensation. Completely. And, uh, and we'll find another manager. Who's they have a list already. System. Trust me. They would have sure a list have already a, of sure replacement in case he goes. Jules, I know you want to celebrate Techers, Ooh. so tell me all about future Italian ah, international Ryan Sherkey's performance as Leon beat Monaco 3-1. Oh my God, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. I think I tweeted it on Saturday morning, but Friday night in Lyon, uh, the ball is square to Ryan Sherkey at kind of the, the edge of the box, just inside the box. And then he takes a first touch already by kind of dumbing the ball and dropping his shoulder to get that first touch. And then when the, def the other defender behind comes to, to tackle the ball, he does the Maradona turn, you know, so what he, he does, does the roulette. La roulette, exactly. And then has a shot that is saved by the keeper, to be fair, but then finished by Kakre just behind. He's an incredible player. And I know, I know the lack of consistency is a problem. He's still only 19 years old. He will get there, but just look at the talent. Don't give me the line like a few people did on social media about, but he's not consistent enough. He's not, he makes the wrong decision at times. Of course he does. He's still very young, but the talent is incredible. Exactly. And that showed it. I think Mancini will, will, will definitely uh, sort him Leave out. Leave him alone. He doesn't um, want to play for Italy. Leave him alone. By Leave the way, him alone. That like, I mean, a lot of people associate it with, with Zidane. I mean, others have done it with Zidane or whatever. I thought his one looked more impressive because when Zidane did it, maybe it's because Zidane has a completely different build. He's more like low to the ground. Yeah, He's longer legs like as well. He's a taller, like, he's a taller yeah. player. Um, this looks so controlled. Incredible. So impressive. It, just, uh, it would have been even better to score. And he, the, the, just to finish on that, he, when we asked him about not scoring after that, those great piece of skills, he said, you know what? It's because I was thinking, do I dink it? Do I take it around the keeper? Do I just open my foot? Well, how can you think? You, you should not be able to think. But those, those great players have the time almost stopping when they're in that position. Uh, when you and I would just go, oh, what do I do? You know, yeah. topo kit. And, you know. You but. take that ahead of the packets run against, uh, against Leeds? Oh, that was lovely too. That yeah, was I think lovely. people got a little so excited, like, oh, we've never seen this before. No, I'm like, no, no, no. it was, was better. Too, but I, I'll take Ryan. Gab, let's talk relegation in the Premier League. Everton get a point at Wolves. Leeds throw away the lead against West Ham. And Leicester playing a few hours on Monday night away at Newcastle. Who do you have to go down? Two of those three will go down. Two of those three will go down. Um, the fact that Newcastle are at home and the crowd and whatever, I mean, theoretically, they really shouldn't be super motivated to draw suits Newcastle. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is, I mean, on paper, Everton should stay up. Everton have Bournemouth at home on the last day of the season. Leeds have Spurs at home on the last day of the season. Yeah. And you can say they're both they're both gimmies. Um, 
I think Everton are going to stay up. I I, th- I, know, I see no reason Bournemouth, yeah. why Bournemouth shouldn't be on the beach um, and Sean Dyche keeps Everton up again. Uh, I think Leeds really screwed the pooch this weekend away to West Ham. Um, yeah, they were in the lead. Yeah, and they couldn't hang on, and yeah. you know, and then Sam Allardyce says, "Ah, well, we can't defend. We don't have quality final third. Blah blah blah." Right. You know what? You're there for this reason. And he's also called the players unfit, which I find hard to believe, yeah, given that too. with Jesse Marsh and Biel, you know, the whole. Um, I, I I don't like that. It's kind of like, oh well, you know. Yeah. Let's remind everybody that he took over when Leeds were outside of the bottom three, right? Right. When mm-hmm. he took over, they yeah. were outside of the. They were not in the bottom three. And now they're in. The I'm just saying. Three. I'm just saying. Well, should we also remind everybody that you know, Guardiola and Klopp have nothing on him? Yeah, of course okay. he's as yeah. good as them. Right. So hey, here we go. Ajaxio are destroyed at home by Ren five nil, and there are some pretty nasty scenes at the final whistle, Jules. Yeah, halftime as well, Gab. They were four nil down already at halftime, where some of the fans kind of attacked uh, certainly verbally the players' families, which which then took the players not to even look at the game. They were not, some were playing in the game, but look were looking at the stands and try to sort out and protect their own families, friends, uh, children as well, which was disgusting to see. And I mean, Ajaccio is, as, as, like Corsica as a whole, is a very passionate island, let's put it that way, for football and for you know, a lot of things. But this is not acceptable. And you know, in Olivier Portaloni, they've got a pure Corsican as a manager, and even he was scandalized by what he saw in the stand. As much as he understands the mindset on the island, the spirit that people have, and, and all of that, he gets it all. But even he was, he had a lot of issues with it. So they will go down. Uh, which are Bastia coming up, or where are Bastia? No. So we're going to have a Bastia Jaxio. No, I next think Bastia season. in the third division oh, this okay. season. Yeah, I think we need to All double right. check. If they come back, we should go and do a show from Corsica. Oh my God! I mean, Corsica is Darby. one of the best places in the world for sure, but they messed up on that one for sure. Let's hope this is on a trend gap because we also saw something a bit similar on Thursday night at the end of the West Ham, West Ham's victory uh, against AZ Alkmaar in the Netherlands in the Europa Conference League. Yeah, so there's video of this out there uh, which went viral. You see a bunch of a bunch of uh, Alkmaar fans and they're dressed in black and they have hoods and they're trying to get up in the area where, yeah, like uh, the, family where the players' families were. Uh, West Ham players came across, but there's been so much focus on this guy named Chris Knowles, who's a West Ham fan. Uh, he's like in his mid-50s. He had a hip replacement, and he intervened to try to stop Protect them. Protect them, yeah. Like, I like to think that you or I would have intervened in those circumstances yeah. as well. I also don't necessarily want to lionize him too much in the sense that you know, we don't want to see fans resolving this for themselves. He said, like, oh, I took up a position at the top of the stairwell. I thought it was the ideal thing to go and the ideal position from which to defend that area. Now, let's ask the question. Let's say, thank you, Chris, but let's ask the question, where was yeah. security? Why couldn't yeah, they do a better yeah, job yeah, about yeah. this? Yeah. It's a tight race for fourth place in the Bundesliga as well, Jules. Union Berlin lose to Hoffenheim after the chagrin of producer Freddy. Yeah. And on Friday night, of course... Freiburg beat Wolfsburg. They're level on points going into the final day of the season. Freiburg play uh, Eintracht away. Yeah. Uh, Union Berlin uh, play Werder Bremen at home. Now, Union Berlin, amazingly, somehow, have a better goal, goal difference. difference. It's plus 12, plus 8. Yeah, uh, so four goal swing. I think Union are going to do it. They're and both going to win. Yeah. yeah. You would think. 
Yeah, yeah, they're both going to win, I think. I mean, Eintracht aren't going to be mean about this. No, 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 no. But I don't think they would be... So I, so I think, you know, if Union Berlin win, they will qualify for Champions League, which would be an incredible achievement for them, for us, Fischer. Everything that they've done, considering they played a long time as well in the season with two competitions. <laughs> yeah. Because they did really well in, in the Europa League. As well, it would be incredible. In a way, Freiburg deserves it. They, they deserve it too, because what they've been doing... Uh, under Christian Schreiber. That's has a been, proper club. Fight. Yeah, it's been incredible. And you can almost have wished that Leipzig was not in that top four and then you would have room for Freiburg and Union as well as Dortmund and Bayern. That's what a lot of fans are They just wish Leipzig didn't exist. <laughs> exactly. But it's not the case. So one of the two, I think Union will do it. Whether you're more of a Union guy or Freiburg guy, doesn't matter. Freiburg in the Europa League is still a great story, to be fair, like this season. Um, but, but well done to both. And it's, it's, it's amazing for the Bundesliga to have the title race and the title decided on the last game. The fourth place decided on the last game as well. Relegation decided on the last place, on the last game too. That's the kind of season that you want, really. That kind of, that kind of final day. Kim Min-jae has been linked with a move to Manchester United. Gab, does that make sense to you? Yeah, Min-jae Min Kim, as I should, have, Kim, yeah. uh, I should have written. Uh, he's a great player. Uh, in Naples, you're all going crazy with the story and stuff. I don't think it makes any sense. Not because United... <laughs> no, okay, no, why? But, well, let me put it this way. No, so maybe it makes some sense. But United have other priorities, I think, than centre back. We saw late in the season that Lisandro and Varane can form a decent pair of centre halves. We saw that Luke Shaw can step in yeah. if needed. I think Lindelof's done fine when he's yeah. played late in the season. Uh, and of course, you still have England captain Harry Maguire there. Yeah. Phil Jones, sadly. Oh, sadly. On. But I just kind of feel like, you know, you've got five or six centre half options. Maybe your priority should be looking elsewhere yeah, rather than adding this guy. I agree. And I agree. From his perspective, too, you know, I, I think if Varane and Lisandro are fit, they're going to play. Yeah. And believe it or not, Jules, Varane sometimes is fit. Oh. So surely you'd want to be a full-time starter. I know. Right? I agree. I agree. Chelsea beat Arsenal in the Women's Super League 2-0. Jules, they're on the verge of the title. All they need to do is better Manchester United's result, result. next round. Exactly. Gab. I mean, I have to say they were very good. Very good at Kings Meadow. Very impressive. They have been on fire. And, you know, they were maybe a little bit unlucky or not unlucky to not go even further in the Champions League and reach the final. And you know, Barcelona, Barcelona. But well done for what looks like it's going to be. I don't think they let this title go now. So a domestic double. Uh, again, wonderful from them. And for Emma Hayes as well and all the work that she's been doing the club. It's a shame for Arsenal because they had a really good season overall. And yet it's a season that will finish with, with only, only, I mean, only. It's still a League Cup trophy, which is great to have. And yeah, to but given on. the amount of injuries they've had, yeah, I think it's kind of... That's what I was going to say. That's what really kind of knock their season down towards the end because God knows what would have happened if Miedema and Little and Beth Mead uh, and, and Williamson had been fit the whole season and all together but hopefully we can see a better Arsenal next season even Gab I thought the words Italy and World Cup didn't go together Thank anymore Thank you Jules but hey what a start of the under 20 World Cup because the young Italians beat not not no, oh, no, no, sorry. Then Brazil, 3-2 in Argentina. Yeah, they were 3-0 up yeah. at halftime in Incredible. their house. My man, Casade, uh, Reading star, Casade, because, of course, Bruce Freddy yeah. is a uh, Chelsea Reading Loney. Chelsea Loney, yes. Uh, Intermade. Uh, he had two goals and one assist. And this Italy team playing there without... Uh, Miretti from, from Juventus yeah. and without uh, Scalvini, who is, I think is far and away their yeah. best player. Yeah. Uh, he's at Atalanta. Um, 
I, we've talked about this before. I, I wish the Under-20 World Cup, especially this so summer. Much. So much. I wish they just played it later so that you know more players would have been names? released to their national team. Ryan Shirky, we said before, Lyon said no chance. Malo Gusto, no chance. Garnacho, not going. Alvaro Rodriguez, not going. It's such a shame. I know. I know. It's rough. It finishes nil-nil in El Gran Derby between Betis and Sevilla. Jules, it's the... Wasn't much going on in the game except no, for a scuffle nothing. at the end and the, the red card. I think yeah. land on uh, Jesus yeah. Navas. Yeah. But it's the final dog uh, appearance for Joaquin at age 41. Yeah. Unless he decides to change your mind and come back another year. Maybe. You never know with him. He's done it before, but you saw him at the end. Him and Jesus Navas talking. I mean, between the two of them, there must be like... 77. 77. <laughs> and it's just, it was beautiful to see him with the armband there. To finish on the, I mean, not really on the derby because there's obviously, uh, uh, what, three more games to come. Uh, but two, no? Or two more two games to come. It was it was just like yeah, it was it was a reminder that we enjoy Joaquin for twenty plus years really. What a player. And what a player he was and, and we will have great memories of him. Gab, what about another goalie? Fabio Quagliella scores his first goal of the season in, in that Sampdoria loss to AC Milan that we mentioned before, 5-1. That's 18 consecutive seasons with at least one goal for the striker. Yeah, so that's the stat. And look, it's fine. I think if you play until you're 40 and you're a striker, you know, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, he's it's, what, 41? He's 40 or 41. It's less than Ryan Giggs, of course, did I mean, it for 23 of, years. Yeah. But Fabio Quagliarella is legit the human highlight reel. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about techers before. We talk about people scoring great goals. You know, it's one of those lines that, you know, there's players who scored a lot more goals, but there's a few players who scored better goals than yeah. uh, Fabio Quagliarella throughout his career. It's a shame that Sampdoria go down. That's a much deeper, um, it's a much deeper problem yeah, issues. Uh, with the club, uh, deeper issues. Um, is he staying to bring them back up? Do you know? Uh, I mean, with all the love for Fabio Quagliarella, if he wants to stay, somehow be involved. But, you know, this was the only goal he scored this year in 21 appearances. I think maybe maybe it's time to find another way (laughs) to uh, contribute. Jules, tragic news out of El Salvador where at least 12 supporters were killed in a stadium crush in a match between Alianza and FAS. Yeah, it got really sad this weekend. Uh, before the game, the stampede happened. Uh, I mean, if, did you see the, the photos and the videos? Yeah. It's horrible. We've had issues like that before in Indonesia, wasn't it, last season? Uh, which is she's crazy yeah. that those people went to a football match and then never came home. So all our thoughts, obviously, are with all the families, all the people involved. There's a lot of injuries as well. And people between life and death as we're recording it, this. So let's just hope that... Yeah, the death it seems like it. fake tickets yeah, were fake part tickets, of the issue and yeah, so on. And then the panic, of course, as often in yeah. those cases. Gab, we haven't mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo yet. So here he is. Tell me about this ambitious plan to take him for someone to take him to Bayern Munich yeah. in the summer. So the, the reason I'm highlighting this is because of stupid stories <laughs> that make it out there. Um, so apparently, they, so there's a guy who clearly wants publicity, which is why I'm not mentioning his name. He sells office supplies online. Right. Describes himself as a millionaire entrepreneur. And he says he's happy to fund, to help Bayern Munich fund the purchase of Cristiano Ronaldo in exchange for a share of Cristiano Ronaldo-related commercial revenue. Okay. First of all, if Bayern wanted to get Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't they think they need. Uh, they, don't, they don't need. They don't need this guy uh, <laughs> to do it. Secondly, the fact that he says like, "Oh, like for example, I could take X for every shirt sale, whatever." Like, yeah, it also yeah. tells me you don't know how shirt sales work, <laughs> or the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo has agents and lawyers working for him yep. in terms of image rights and all gets negotiated. Yeah, we don't need to spend any more time no. on this. 
Would it be cool to see Cristiano Ronaldo play for Bayern Munich? Of course. I'd love to see him Me back too. in Europe. But would it make sense for Bayern? Would it make sense for Cristiano? Thomas Tuchel? Sure. No, Thomas sure. Tuchel? No, definitely not. He passed on uh, before. Jules, this brings us to an end. But we got to come back on Thursday. Yes. Midweek fixtures in the Premier League, the Copa Italia final. Yeah, in and Spain course, as well. And leading up to a big, big uh, finale next weekend. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.